Labor Day weekend is upon us, and for a lot of people, you know what that means. Barbecues with enough food to make your belt buckle burst. Hi, I'm George Bodarki, and this is Cityscape. Our guest today knows the struggles of maintaining a healthy waist size all too well. It took Mary Prenon 19 years to achieve her goal of losing 50 pounds. Mary is a former journalist. She now works as the communications director for a realtor association in New York's Hudson Valley. Mary's penned a book about her weight loss journey. It's called I'm Lazy and I Love to Eat. Mary, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me as a guest. I'm really excited about this. So I typically don't start interviews off with a question like this, but I think it's appropriate okay. in this case. How much do you weigh? <laughs> 160. 160. And I'm perfectly comfortable with saying that because I hadn't seen that number in literally 20 years. So my cardiologist is very happy with it. I'm happy with it. And I'm 5'8". So, you know, it kind of... You know, it's more proportion. Yes, thank you. <laughs> How much did you weigh at your heaviest? I don't know because I'll be honest with you, the heaviest I ever saw on the scale was 198 and I completely freaked out. But I know I had gained more than that. I'm estimating about um, 210, maybe 215 um, because when I got to the point where I couldn't fit into a size 16, I knew it, but I knew, you know... If I stood on the scale and I saw a large number, I would just go completely bananas. So I kind of, I, I honestly don't know, but I'm estimating around 210, 215, something like that. Did you battle with weight issues all of your life? Uh, No, I mean, I was skinny growing up, but I think, you know, typical story of a woman and, and some men too, you turn 30 and you notice a little bit here and there and then 40 and then by the time you get to 50 you're like oh my god where did where did I get this gut or where did I get this butt or legs that you know and it just kind of runs away with itself and you, and you just stop and go oh my oh my god what happened you know and you keep looking at the scale and going okay well you know yeah I'll, I'll work on it I'll work on it and when you're 30 you can you can work on it really easily when you're 40, it's a little harder. When you're 50, ay. and when, you, when you're when you I'm 61 now, so it's constantly, I have to go to the gym every day. You go to the gym every day now? Every day. If I don't go to the gym, like yesterday, I walked at the mall because it was hot out. I do some type of activity every day because I can't let it get away. If I let it get away from me, then you're asking for trouble. So You say in the book that your arms were canned hams <laughs> at one point. <laughs> Canned hams. <laughs> okay, so I exaggerated a little <laughs> bit, but I just felt like that. Well, especially women have this. Some people call them um, bat wings. Uh -huh. I, I still have a little bit of a bat wing, but I'm I'm working out. You know, I'm doing the the um, the the triceps and all that. And uh, yeah, but but at my heaviest, it was yeah, it was like a canned ham. It was like floppity flop flop. <laughs> <laughs> So you say you're doing a lot of walking now. You walk at the mall. What else do you do at the gym? You're working your triceps. I go to, well, the gym that I go to, it's a very small gym and um, near where I live in northern Westchester. And I like it because it is small and the people are friendly 
And, you know, I spent so many years going to the gym and hating it because I just didn't like the gym. It was a, it was too big. It was too impersonal. And this gym was like you come in and the receptionist knows you and you chat with her. And the people there are very friendly. It's a completely different experience than anything I ever had. So what I do is I go there. I'll do the treadmill. I'll do the elliptical. Sometimes I'll do the bike. And then every other day I'll do weights. I'll do the machines. There's a trainer there. He sets you up with everything. He's there all the time if you have any questions. And then I'll do a class. I do a, a cardio tone class, which is cardio and weights. And then occasionally, which I have to get back into, um, there's a Zumba class on Saturdays that I do. And then I, I also incorporate yoga because it's important to stretch too. And you write in the book how you like to dance. Oh, I so love to Zumba dance. So Zumba is good I for you. I love to dance. Yes, and that's that's what I said if you know, now that I'm a quote old timer, we go out early. When I was young in my 20s, we would go out at 9 or 10 o'clock and stay out to all hours of the morning and make fun of the old people that were leaving at 9 or 10 o'clock. <laughs> we'll never do that. Well, fast forward 30 years, here we are. We're going out at 7.30 and we're going home at 11. But there's a lot of great bands here in the Hudson Valley that come on early and I have a group of friends and my neighbors, and we go. We have a great time. And that movement is exercise. It's exercise. You can, and I always wear. I have a Fitbit, which really helps my, me track the um, steps that I do. And oh yeah, you can you can get your whole ten thousand steps done with the night of dancing. It's great. So you're quick to point out that this is not a diet book. No, and this is not an exercise book. No. So how would you describe this book? It's it's a real person's view on how to lose weight and get in shape. There's there's a million books out there. There's a million people selling things and diets. I'm just a regular, ordinary person. I tried just about every diet out there. And what I found is that eh, it didn't really work. So I, I kind of started with, let's find what I like to do. Let's find a gym that works for me. And as I say, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a personal trainer. So I just kind of use like common sense and what worked for me. And I try to make it funny because Lord knows I've screwed up so many times. You know, I said if I had a dime for every time I screwed up, I'd be a millionaire. And I know a lot of women and, and men are going through this too. And it's important that they can say, okay, well, here's a person who's not a fitness expert who's not a dietitian who's been overweight and who knows how to control it and get it get it together and and I'm 61 now you know it's not like I'm 30 years old and I'm telling people oh come on you know because you know a lot of people you know over 40 or even over 50 can't relate to somebody in their 20s and 30s who for getting in shape is really quick but for somebody you know, of, of our age, um, it takes a little bit of work. And I've been there and I can say, hey, you know what? You can do it. It's hard work, but you can do it. How did using humor help you through your weight issues? Oh, well, um, <laughs> if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. And believe me, you know, I did cry sometimes. You know, you look at you, you get so frustrated because you know in your mind what you have to do. But then when it comes to doing it, you know, life gets in the way or I have to do this for work. Or I've got to go here or there or, you know, something happens at home and something breaks and, you know, you have to wait for the plumber or whatever. And things 
you know, don't get done and then you, everything kind of falls by the wayside. So, um, you know, it's a, using humor was, you know, let's laugh at ourselves. Like, okay, I messed up and I ate like half a box of cookies. Isn't that funny? Well, it's it's <laughs> not really. But if you can step aside from a laugh, say, hey, you know, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Laughter you know? is better than guilt, I would imagine, oh, which yeah. perhaps will make you eat more. <laughs> Absolutely, because you go into the cycle where you're eating and eating, and then you're getting depressed, and then you just eat more and you say, oh, I'm going to give up. It's not worth it. Let me just have another donut or have another piece of pizza or whatever. And then you just, it just creates this cycle, you know. And, and so if you can use what I used a lot of humor and I told talked a lot about different stories that had happened to me over the years, really funny things. One in particular, one of the many diets I went on was, um, I don't want to say the name of the company. I think they're out of business now, but they were a weight loss center. And it was wedged in between a pastry shop and a Boston market. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And I went there and they told me, and I'm 5'8", that I should weigh 135 pounds. And I looked at them and I said, if I get down to that, I'll probably be hospitalized on a respirator. Are you crazy? You know, you had to eat their little, you know, protein bars that were basically like candy bars. And, you know, I just walked away and I'm like, that that's funny. I mean, first of all, the location was funny, and then the fact that you know you, it was such a ridiculous formula that they wanted me to follow. How many times you know? after going there did you go to the pastry shop afterwards? Oh, I'm not going to say. That. <laughs> <laughs> I did well. I did good. I lost a half a pound, so I'm going to go get a treat myself. <laughs> <laughs> and is it okay though to treat yourself every Absolutely. now and then? I I, I say, you know. Even if you're not at your goal weight, just once a week, just eat something that you like. Like, I happen to love bagels. So, I mean, I don't eat them that often because it's full of carbs. With or without schmear? Um, I do a little peanut butter. Okay. Just a little peanut butter. But um, I'll allow myself on special occasions or if I feel like it, one, you know, Saturday or Sunday morning, I'll just get, you know, a blueberry bagel or a chocolate chip bagel or something. And I'm not going to guilt myself out about it all day. I'll just eat it and say, you know what, that was good. And then the next day I just get get back on the horse again. And normally I'll do like yogurt with fruit for breakfast and, and a banana. And the weekend sometimes I'll have, you know, eggs and maybe an English muffin. Um, but I try to keep it... Um, you know, within reason. Your book does include food recommendations in the back. I do. I do have um, really, really easy because I'm lazy. Okay. Um, I work full time and, you know, I go to the gym every night. By the time I get home, it's 730. So I want something really easy that I can put together. I use the grill a lot. I have an outdoor grill. I have the George Foreman griller, which I absolutely love. Boil and bag rice, boil and bag vegetables are fine just have to watch like your sauces and um i do occasionally eat red meat but not that often um sometimes i'll do a vegetarian dinner really easy cutting up you know eggplant and putting it on the griller um maybe a little bit of i use weight watchers cheese the mexican cheese which is great so yeah i do give really really easy suggestions nothing complicated because at eight o'clock at night 
you don't want to be complicated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of people struggle to eat well and exercise because work gets mm-hmm. in the way. How big of a problem was that for you in the past? It sounds like you sort of have a system down that now, but what about back then? It was hard because I worked in an ad agency and we had many, many events. So we were always out at events. And what do they have at cocktail parties? Everything's fried. Everything's, you know, fried chicken wings, fried mozzarella, fried zucchini. You know, God forbid they put out a vegetable. And you're hungry, you haven't eaten dinner, and you eat. And And it's free. And And it's free. Oh, my gosh. And you and I know, because we both started at a local radio stations where the pay was not so great. And I put that in the book, too, about when I worked in radio. And anytime there was free food, it was just like a free-for-all. Like sometimes when the sales department had meetings, there was leftover bagels, and they would bring them into the newsroom. And we're all, oh, my God, this is great. And we would, like, hoard them. We would take, like, two or three. Here's one for tomorrow. Or if I get hungry later on, you know, it's like, or when we cover a news conference. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. That was great. Election night's always plentiful. Oh, election night. You could put on like 10 pounds on election night. I mean, all the reporters would just stand around the food table waiting for the results to come in. And we just eat and eat and eat. And, oh, 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 okay, well, hmm. (laughs) It's hard to resist free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even now I struggle. Um, I, I work for a realtor association and we have a lot of events that I go to. But now it's kind of like... I know what they're going to have, so I'll just plan on ordering my own dinner, like a salad. Or sometimes they'll put out um, fresh vegetables or f- some fruit or something, and I know that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overdo it. And maybe I'll have one if I really really want a mozzarella stick. I'll have one, and then I'll just switch to the vegetables. And if they don't have stuff, I'll I'll maybe eat, take something to eat. Um, some nuts or something beforehand so I won't be starving when I get in there. So it sounds like the bottom line is to plan ahead with your work schedule. Right. And you can you can get I like those um kind bars which are really nice. They they are, they're very low in sugar. Well, you have to check the ingredients on the side, but something like that is good to have with you cuz the nuts can be very filling. So you eat that like right before you go in, it'll kind of tide you over so you're not going to be grabbing at everything that's coming your way. You and one of your good friends would share I'm fatter than you are stories. (laughs) How would those stories go? (laughs) I'm so fat that they had to widen the George Washington Bridge. Well, I'm fatter because they had to reinforce the Walt Whitman Bridge, which is in Philadelphia. And the book I dedicated to my best friend, Mary Kelly Adams, and she passed away in 2015. And we would spend, we were friends from, we were six years old. We would spend hours on the phone all the time when we were little. And even when I moved to New York, every Sunday we'd be on the phone. And, oh, I'm so fat. Oh, no, I'm so fat. No, you don't understand. And we'd go on about nonsense, but it was funny, you know, and it, it kind of helped us, I guess, in a weird way. But, um, you know, we would always make up these crazy, funny stories about, you know, uh, well, I've been hired as the new Goodyear blimp. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm, you know, it, it just went on and on. It was. <laughs> and again, it's using that humor to sort using of Using the get humor past. to help it because, yeah, I mean, if you can't laugh at yourself, then, you know, like I said before, you're going to cry and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to cry. 
You know, I've been there. Laughing is a lot better. How helpful can a gallbladder attack be when it comes mm. to weight reduction? Wow. Very, very helpful. It was um, 2003. And I forget what triggered it. I think actually I eat pizza. And I had this awful, horrible pain. Anybody that's had a gallbladder attack knows what I'm talking about. It's it's like a, I described it as a monster's hand coming in your, in your abdomen and squeezing. And it just, it's just a, this horrible feeling like somebody squeezing you to death. And, you know, I went to the doctor and I said, oh, yes, well, this is going to have to come out. Okay, okay. And I said, you could leave it in, but you could be on a plane somewhere and then have, I'm not, oh, no, no, I don't want to do it. It was just an awful pain. So what happened was it got to the point where even if I ate something healthy, even like a salad or something, if I ate to the point where I was full, it would start, I could feel it coming on. So I was always hungry because I was so afraid of eating till I was full. I didn't want that pain. I really didn't want that pain. And I probably lost about, I don't know, 10, 15 pounds in a couple of weeks. Wow. Not because I wanted to. Yeah, I was going to say, not the way you want no, to lose the I, weight. I just was in so much pain. And it was great. And after the gallstone came out, in fact, I still have it. The doctor gave it to me. It, it was this little round, it's a stone, stone. And after that came out, he said, oh, you can you can pretty much eat what you want now. So I took his advice. And unfortunately, I gained it all back. That's what's so hard sometimes about, you know, some of these diets where you're doing liquids or you're eating only a certain amount of food or a certain type of food. When you stop that and you go back to regular eating, you know, you're, you're so hungry and you're like, oh, I can eat now. And you, you kind of overload your system. And that's what happened. I gained that back and more. So, and I, I jokingly said to the surgeon, maybe you can put it back in. <laughs> I, it might help me a little bit. I don't know. So the longest chapter in your book is on dealing with setbacks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was a setback. What other setbacks did you well, encounter? I mean, th a thing not to get morose, but I mean, things like death in the family can be a setback. My dad passed away and that was a huge setback because, you know, when that happens, you know, some people just shut down and they don't eat or drink. I was the opposite. You know, use food as a comfort. And, you know, different things in, in your life that, that happen like that, different people react differently. Um, other setbacks are, you know, you're trying to trying to fit into a dress for a certain occasion. I, I was um, the world's oldest bridesmaid, and I was 48. <laughs> I was asked to be a bridesmaid. So I said yes, and and we went for the fitting, and I could not fit into a size 16. I said, oh my God, there's something wrong with this size. No, get an 18. I said, absolutely not. I refuse. I will be in shape by the time the wedding comes. I'm going to let you pause for laughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, lo and behold, the wedding day comes a week before, and I try the dress on, and it barely fits. I can barely zip it and I take it to the tailor to try to get it taken out but it doesn't have enough material on there and I said oh my god what am I going to do so I bought a shawl to keep over me and somehow I got it zipped but I said it was like 
I was being strangled. It was like a, a python around me the whole time. And finally, after the pictures were done, I just took it off and put another dress on. But th- I mean, that was that was a setback. And, and, you know, it's like, oh, I tried to do this and I, I couldn't do it. And now I'm depressed. And now let me feel sorry for myself again. And, you know, and you get into this funk and um, it's hard to get out of. So you know? what's your best advice to get past those types of setbacks? <sighs> just keep moving. Keep moving, you know, even even if you're, you know, did you ever notice like if you're in a in a sad mood or a bad mood and if you go for a walk, you all of a sudden you start to feel a little bit better, you know, you especially if you're able to walk outside and it's a nice day and the sun's out, you, you just naturally start to feel better and then that kind of keeps the ball rolling and just the just the the motion of of exercising just helps you and i think whenever and you know i i should have done that myself instead of sitting there and you know oh woe is me i should have just gotten up and gone for a walk or done done something maybe if it was late at night just you know read something or try to get my mind off of that because when you sit and you focus on it it's it's uh you know, it can be really damaging for you. You once tried hypnosis to lose weight. Oh, How'd yes. that work out it did for not you? Work. <laughs> it didn't. I said I was afraid I was going to be, you know, going down Main Street in a duck suit, like quacking. <laughs> no, it didn't work at all. And, um, you know, it was supposed to be, um, what is that? Um, Oh, it was supposed to simulate like a bariatric surgery. And so you were supposed to feel full. You were supposed to feel full. And they gave you a golf ball which is tiny, and said, imagine that's your stomach. Well, that's funny. That in itself is very funny. (laughs) My stomach's a lot bigger than a golf ball. So, you know, it just, I really tried. I did try, but it just, I don't, I just don't think I can be hypnotized. I think, you know, having been a reporter, uh, I'm always skeptical of things and I'm going, oh, this isn't going to work, you know, and even though I tried it, it just... I'm just, just stuck on, wow, how little you actually can fit inside an empty golf ball. Five <laughs> peanuts and you're done. <laughs> you're done. It's like, this is A handful crazy. of popcorn and you're out of luck. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, it just, I guess because I thought it was so unrealistic, you know? And um, I mean, I think it worked for a couple people in the group. It just, it really didn't didn't work for me. And I did those crazy liquid diets. I didn't work, it didn't work on me. And, you know, I was always found myself like, oh, my God, I'm starving. I'm starving. And then you think, you know, you see all these ads on TV and, you you know, oh, and then I'm never hungry. Guess what? They're lying. They're lying. They're hungry. The only reason they're saying that is because they're getting paid to say that. And then you feel like, oh, there's something wrong with me because I'm hungry. And there's nothing wrong with you. You're hungry because you're eating like, like an ant or something, you know. So... <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just a matter of, for me, it was trying, you know, once I found the gym that I really like, or it doesn't, you don't have to join a gym, like some activity that you like, maybe you like to, you know, play sports, or maybe you like to walk or swim, whatever it is, if you can just get into that, then that will kind of catapult you into eating healthier because after you do all this work, I mean, after I work out, I'm sore and I'm coming home and I'm like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I worked out so hard. I don't want to mess it up by eating something, you know, because I'm going to ruin all this work that I just did. 
Yeah. You, know? you talk about how important hard work is in all mm-hmm. of this. It's really, it's hard work. It is hard work. And and I think that's scary to some people. It was always scary to me because everybody's looking for an instant fix. Oh, okay. How can I lose weight really quickly? Oh, this is easy. Okay. But, you know, and for some people, it may work. Some of these, you know, crazy fads out there may work. Um, for the majority of people, I don't think they do because people don't want to hear, you're going to have to work hard. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to work hard. And I did. And, you know, at age, uh, after 50, you know, I finally lost the the rest of the weight, I guess, in 20, around the end of 2016. And I worked hard. I really did. But I put my mind to it that, you know, I say, I joke to people, my car is on automatic pilot. And it just, after work, it just goes to the gym and drives there. Mm-hmm. Even when I don't want to go. I'll just go and I say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to see so-and-so there. Or I'm going to, I'll sit and chat with the receptionist for a while. And then, you know, then you, you kind of, the machines are right there in front of you. So you can kind of talk to people and commiserate while you're, while you're working out. And um, that kind of sets the ball rolling if you just do it and make it, it becomes, part of the routine. Make it part of your routine. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about Dr. K and the comment oh, he made that Dr. made a big impression K. on you. Okay. Well, this is um, Dr. K. I won't use his name because he'll kill me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's a cardiologist. And the reason I went to him is I, I had been, you know, I still want blood pressure medication, but I had had um, an episode of AFib, which is atrial fibrillation. And it's just a weird heart arrhythmia. Don't ask me how I got it. Some people say it's hereditary. My parents could have had it. Some people have it and they don't know it. But I felt it, and it's it's like a fluttering of your heart, and then it just kind of is like a weird, it's you're, it's off rhythm. So I went to him, got new medication, and I had I, you know I was very overweight when I went in. Again, didn't know how much, way over the one ninety eight that I had seen on the scale. Went in, really nice guy, very personable. And he, as a matter of fact, he just said to me, "Well." You're heavy, but you're not the heaviest person I ever saw. And, <laughs> it was a backhanded oh, compliment. <laughs> my mouth dropped. It dro- I was speechless. I think for the first time in my life, I was speechless. And I just was like thinking in the back of my mind, did this guy just tell me I was fat? Are you kidding me? Nobody, not the fattest person he's ever, he's not ever the seen. Fat- I said, what, is there a sumo wrestler in here before me? <laughs> and I was just like, uh, uh, okay. And I remember calling my best friend Mary and like half laughing, half crying, like that horrible man told me I was fat. What? Let's kidnap him and we'll stuff him with junk food till he's 500 pounds. And, you know, we just went on and on and on. And, you know, afterwards, I mean, I now the last time I went to him when I walked in, he said, oh, who's this skinny lady? Not that I'm skinny, but, you know, and I I said to him, yeah, that's a far cry from what you said years ago. And he's like, I never said it. I said, oh, yes, you did. I'm not that old. I remember you said that to me. And he still denies it. But but it made an impact because, you know, people probably thought it. I mean, I was I was heavy. I was heavy. But nobody would dare say that to me. I mean, I would never dare say that to anyone else. Yeah. How unfortunate, though, is that, Mary, that we're judging people based on their their weight. weight? It's terrible. It's terrible. You know, I mean, I know having been there, I would never judge anybody on their weight, you know. And I think that, you know, people who are overweight are self-conscious enough. And, you know, but but the thing is, 
with Dr. K, I kind of needed to hear that because I knew it. I knew it in my mind, but nobody ever told me. So if nobody ever told me, I'm like, well, maybe I'm really not heavy. Yeah. And to hear it from a medical doctor. It was, was a wake-up call. It was a wake-up call. Because it also call. related to your health. It did. Your overall health. My blood pressure was mm-hmm. very high. I was on cholesterol meds. And, um, you know, I would I would try and I would go to him every once in a while. And, you know, and he would say, I remember one time I went and I didn't have a good, you know, it wasn't good. He says, what happened? I said, Christmas happened. <laughs> so he would laugh and he would, you know. But when I told I told him about writing the book and I, and he, I said, you know, I'm going to mention you. And he said, you're not going to use my name. I said, no, I'm going to just say Dr. K. He says, okay. And the last time I saw him, I gave him a copy of the book. And he was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. This is great. I'm going to tell all my patients. And, you know, and he's he's like, you know, you've really, you really did it. You really kept the weight off. I said, well, I was afraid that you were going to come after me. <laughs> but the funny thing after he said that, and the one of the gyms that I was going to, I ran into him at the gym. And I thought, oh, my God, this guy's checking up on me. <laughs> what, is he going to, like, come around the corner and take something out of my hand? But, um, but it, yeah, it was it was a big wake-up call. And, um, and you know, it kind of made me f- really kind of face it and say, well, yeah, you know, I guess he's right, you know? Why write about your journey? You could just go about your life like everyone else. I lost the weight. Here I am. I'm feeling good, looking good. But why it, write about it? It took me so darn long. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I started writing it in 1998 when I had just started my new job at the ad agency. And I thought, eh, it'll be a couple of years. I did it for myself, just like as a journaling kind of thing, like to help me. And then it turned into, okay, it's the year 2000 and I still haven't lost it. Okay, it's 2003. I thought I would finish after I had the gallbladder operation. But that didn't work out because I gained it all back. And then I just kept and I said, you know what? I really it's taken me so long. And I know a lot of people are struggling with the same thing. Let, let me just maybe this might make an interesting book. I know. So here I am. <laughs> and here it is. It's called I'm Lazy and I Love to Eat. Mary Prenon, thank you so much for coming. Thank in. you, George. I really appreciate your time. And that's it for this week's Cityscape. I'm George Boldarki. Thanks so much for listening.